from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are All My Fantasy Children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Kitano Sayos. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children, parentheses, spooky edition, October 22nd. Damn right it is. <laughs> yeah, where each week we take a listener prompt, spin it up into an original fantasy character, and use it to develop and populate our universe called fantasy one story at a time. And sometimes we get a little spooky. Sometimes. You know, when the moon is in the air. When time is fleeting. Yeah. When we do the time warp. Oh, I, look, once again, I didn't listen to it after the last episode. <laughs> wow, Aaron, wow. <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. I was going to... That's fine, uh, that's fine, though. You know what? I'm feeling pretty bad right now, but you know what I'm going to do that makes me feel good? What? Busting. Because busting makes me feel good. Wait, so, like, okay, I don't know if that's a new <laughs> thing, but busted would mean, like, a nut. <laughs> So I was referring to I was referring to Ghostbusting, like the lyric from the song Ghostbusters. Wait, do they say I once again? I've never say this is another fun fact about Aaron. Never seen Ghostbusters. Uh, well, in the song Ghostbusters, at one point Ray Parker Jr. goes, "Let me tell you something. Busting makes me feel good." Whoa, for real? I yes. can't believe they snuck in such a vile sexual innuendo oh, into I mean, a song. The ghost, but the song Ghostbusters is horny as fuck, and Stop. no one really knows why. Wait, you're not too. Stop. Yeah. How many times did they mention ectoplasm? <laughs> um, he <laughs> does mention an invisible man sleeping in your bed. What? And says at one point, "I ain't afraid of no ghost. I hear he likes the girls." Wow. So he, f- this, the singer, fucked the invisible man. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> This it is really the only possible interpretation. Hi, welcome to All My Fantasy Children, where we break down famous movie songs from your favorite Hollywood blockbusters and realize that almost all of them are about Fuggin. This is true. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> Jeff, you know what other song is about fucking? What's that? Rosalita! No, it's actually, Jeff and I were just talking off mic about Rosalita. And Jeff, can we? Can By you Bruce tell Springsteen? me? Sure. Yeah. Can you tell me the what you just told me about? Because it made me feel good, and I want listeners to know that we kind of acknowledge that our naming convention is pretty fucking stupid. So I was thinking about this. I was like, I was thinking, I was listening. I love the song Rosalita by Bruce Springsteen. Uh, I was listening to it on the drive home, and like I was thinking about it, and I was specifically thinking about the idea that like we have a lot of characters with very silly names, and I was like, you know. It's okay, though, because I was listening to the lyrics of the song Rosalita, and in it, he just randomly, these, he just ran, introduces, like, a bunch of characters named Jack the Rabbit, and Weak Knee Willie, and Sloppy Sue, and Big Ball Billy, or Big Bone Billy, and just, like, drops those characters in, and then they never come back. And he's just like, these are this is the whole gang. <laughs> That's our show, where we drop in the names of these stupid characters, and then they never come back. <laughs> That's it. So I was like, I was like, you know what? If it's good enough for the boss, it's good enough for me. But anyway, <laughs> Aaron, what's what's got you? What's got you happy and excited oh, yeah, this week? I forgot. Um, what's oh, I'm uh, oh, so I have one. Um, I kind of wanted it. To, I didn't know if I wanted a tiny. I was just in Atlantic City to get food. Uh, I drove to Atlantic City to this place called uh, Tony Baloney's 
to get sandwiches and pizza. It's really amazing. If you're ever so in the, the Atlantic City... this week is Tony Bologna. <laughs> the prompt this week is Tony Bologna. So tell me about this. He's mostly made of bologna. We've um, gone down that road, so we can't make that joke. We, we really have. We've come a long way. Um, Aaron, this but, was like eight episodes ago. No, oh, fuck, it was Pickles the Pickle. <laughs> and, the, and the pizza. <laughs> oh, rest in peace, the pizza. But, so Atlantic City is like, what's getting me excited is not Atlantic City. As if you were to drive from like start to finish Atlantic City, you see it looks like different timelines converge because there's buildings from like 1908, 1930, 1960, 1970, 1980, and like the ultra-modern like luxury hotel, the Ocean now, used to be called Revel. Mm -hmm. And it's really just something, I'd like South Jersey, obviously, and it's super mysterious and like there's a lot of strange history to it. Everybody knows the Jersey Devil. That's located in um, South Jersey, for in case you're wondering. But like just the yeah, the idea of just South Jersey towns and like where we grew up. I'm, I'm at my mom's and at her house right now, so I've kind of been enjoying that like blueberry farmy, oceany, sandy dirt feel, and it's got me really excited. Just seeing where we're from and you know reconnecting. I only like to visit. I could never stay here for that long, but like it's always nice to check in and like see. Like I see a lot of things, and I go, no wonder I have a hyper magic, hyperactive imagination. You know, with all this like folklore and cities with empty, because there's empty casinos in AC. They're like these superstructures that are abandoned. And like mm-hmm. it's fascinating and like it makes your mind tumble and wander. And I'm like, it just, it gets me very happy to be like, ah, okay, no wonder I fucking love bird watching and like, you know, fly, fly fish, but bird watching and like farms and greenery and stuff. Cause I'm like, oh, this is where I grew up. I love it. Yeah, what about you? What's getting you jazzed up? What's getting you hyped? So it's actually appropriate that we talked about Ghostbusters and Bustin' and ridiculous <laughs> song lyrics because the thing that's getting me that's getting me really jazzed up is a podcast called Punch Up the Jam. It's Ooh. my it's one of my new favorites. Uh well it's been my favorite for a little while, but like I've really been falling I've been listening to a lot of it lately. It makes me really happy. Love that. It is um well it was two comedians, now it's one comedian and she brings on a guest, like take a song that like a person loves but is also ridiculous and break it down lyric by lyric i love that and like dig into why they're like patently ridiculous and then at the end of it they punch up the jam which is to say they like rewrite it and they do like a musical parody at the very end to like play off of the jokes that they've made throughout the episode to like make the song better or worse it depends on your depends on the episode that's amazing. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful show. I think it's great. It has the, the it's wonderful riffing. It is, you know, it is a beautiful like it's perfect. I love it a lot. It's getting me jazzed up. It's getting me jazzed to like make stuff and talk to people and hang out with you and hang out with guests. It gets me excited. Yeah, I always love that. Um, when you feel when you watch people like doing something super creative, how it like ignites you. Like I love listening and watching to creativity. Like usually before episodes, this is a sneak behind my curtain. I'll watch bootlegs of like scenes from Broadway musicals that I like, and like watch people being very passionate. Or like I like to before these episodes, I've been listening to Sweeney Todd to like get in the spooky mood, and like just feeling that passion and creativity gets me excited to like get fired in all cylinders and get cranking on creativity i love it i i you know i just i feel i i I listen to a lot of like punch up the jam on the drive home because it gets me jazzed up and then so that's what i've been there's also an episode specifically on ghostbusters which features uh neil cicerega who wrote a parody of the song ghostbusters called bustin which is explicitly about bustin a nut (laughs) so it all really comes ties together in the last Uh. moments before we enter what's our prompt this week aaron now that we've 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 come full circle. Our intros are phenomenal. 
Our prompt this week comes to us from Oculi of the Ink. Ink Oculi, the incredible creator of all of our merch designs that are available on TeePub Public on the OneShot channel. Um, so Oculi of the Ink in our Discord channel says, Prompt. The rain carries whispers spoken by those who have joined the ley lines. So the rain carries, what, the whispers of the dead? Maybe. Could be. And first of all, I wanted to talk to you about something. Hold on. So I've been reading a book called Encyclopedia Encyclopedia of Ghosts and Spirits in World Mythology by Teresa Bain. And it's just like a quick, it's like lists different spirits and, you know, urban legends and stuff from all over the world. And it tells you where it's from, like, you know, what it is, what the origin is. And it's really a fun and easy read. I picked it up at Gen Con. You should look into it as well. And Jeff, we have a lot of pumpkin stuff on our show. We do. We do. And so I've read the, the entry for Jack-O-Lanterns. And I was fascinated and inspired because it's, I was reading a lot of them and like few of them are, a lot of them are really good, but like the jack-o'-lantern one is so specific and like, it sounds like something we would think up I, if only we were this clever. And if I may, let me, can I read you my notes on it? Please. So jack-o'-lanterns. Stingy Jack was a person in Ireland. He's like a trickster. He tricked the devil into transforming a coin to pay for a night of drinks. But rather than just pay his bill, Jack put that coin that was the devil in his pocket next to a cross, and he was trying to broker a deal with the devil so that he may never lay claim to Jack's soul. But when Jack died eventually, as all people do, the Jack, uh, the devil punished Jack and sent Jack's soul out into the night with a single burning ember to light his way. Stingy Jack put the ember in a hollowed-out turnip and has been walking with it ever since. To frighten Jack away, the Irish carved frightening faces into lanterns made of potatoes and turnips and placed them outside their house. Which is incredible. That rules. Like, that's so good. And it made me think, so the, the, the key points that I took away from this, that I would like to kind of think of, like, because we mentioned, like, Pumpkin Jay is a jack-o'-lantern. Why do people in fantasy put out jack-o'-lanterns on Halloween? I figured it's appropriate. This will come out in a few days, close to sure. Halloween. yeah. And we said that, um, in Pure Ether Guild at least, or everywhere, I think it can be fun, that um, Chad Butternut was carving pumpkins, and pumpkin number J got carved, turned into a jack-o'-lantern, came to life, whatever. But that story tells me that there's warding magic associated with them. Uh, a trickster, these are just things to keep in mind. Trickster spirits. There's the idea of you create a talisman that wards. And my pitch to you, if I may, hadn't I do this afternoon? Is it children only in fantasy can create these jack-o'-lantern talismans? Do they have to find a pumpkin that they can only see? Is it like a glamour that like children can do? Because is it like a child has to, you know, go off into the woods and find this certain kind of pumpkin that only a child can see? And then they have to carve it. Oops. And then they have to carve it in order to like ward off something mm. like a scary story. You know, I can is get this... down with all that. I can get down with all that. Okay. Now, so f- can I throw something at you? Oh, my God. Yes. Because you asked, you gave me a little bit of a, like, thought challenge, and I want to, I want to, like, I, I think, I kind of have the next, or the second half of that, but also a twist on it. I'm ready for all of this. You asked me to think about, like, my favorite spooky myths. I did. And I thought of one, and I thought of one specifically that, like, I had only heard of very recently, a few months ago, when I was listening to friends of the show The Cryptid Keeper. Yeah. Uh, they had a great episode on... Uh, it was the Gray Man of Polly's Island. Aaron, are you familiar with the Gray Man of Polly's Island? I am not, but it sounds like a Polly Shore movie. Uh, so, <laughs> buddy. Um, oh. So the story of the brief story of it, you can listen to the Cryptid Keeper episode for more for a more detailed like examination. 
The short version is the gray man was a ghost of a, like a woman's husband dies on her on his way to see her. She then is grieving and one day sees him standing on the beach in a gray suit. She runs to him. She hugs him and he says, you have to leave now or you're going to die. Like you have mm. to flee here right now or you're going to die. So her and her family pack up. They flee town because the ghost of my dead husband just told me to leave. I have to leave. They come back a week later and a hurricane has destroyed, has like ravaged the island, has ravaged Polly's Island. Every house in their neighborhood is leveled except for theirs because they honored the they honored the the words of the gray man. They were their their home was protected by what seems to be a supernatural force. OK, so what you're saying is the the, the thing that. Do you want to take the part? Because for me, I take from that, is there a benevolent spirit that you, do you have to give them something? Some kind of tribute? You have to honor them? Like, do you, because the jack-o'-lantern myth is to, like, keep something away. Does it bring something into your home? That's what I was going to put a twist on it, and here's the twist that I'm going to make. Ready. Because for me, the important part of this is that ever since then, people have reported seeing the gray man fleeing, a hurricane has hit. It's always a hurricane, which is very specific. And they come back and their house, the house is fine. And it is always, they see the gray man, they leave, they come back. If they don't honor that, then their house is destroyed. So what I want to propose to you, because the rain is carrying with it the voices of those who have returned to the ley line. Yes, that is correct. Knowing the story of the jack-o'-lantern, that, that you are carving something to strike a deal with a spirit or keep a spirit at bay or interact with some sort of spirit. What I would like to propose is that this is a, a powerful ghost that comes in the rain, right? That emerges from in a rain, like in a particular rainstorm when the when the rain is a certain way, when there's a certain energy in the air. Yeah. A child can go grab a pumpkin or like a pumpkin that they that only they can know which pumpkin it is, right? You just know. You just see it and you're like, that one. That's the of one. Course. Yep. You go, you carve a face into that. And the reason you are carve a face into that is so that you can speak to the pumpkin. Oh my god, it talks. You are giving, you are literally giving, I mean, <sighs> how can you speak to this person if they are, if they do not have a physical form? So you are carving a face <sighs> to give it physical life, to give it a body, give it a face, give it a presence that you may communicate with it so that it may perhaps, I think perhaps, you know, warn you of, of something or give you, you know, advice or something like that. Okay. So another thing that I've learned about reading this book and reading all these myths, a lot of them, like we joked last episode, we're like, oh, we're just telling the story of Icarus for the thousandth time. A lot of the myths that exist in the world are essentially Icarus. Oh, I mean, it's, it's like, a very common trend. I mean, really, when you think about like folklore and mythology, yeah. so much of it is, well, that's this is the magical reason why you don't do this thing you dumb dumb. Yeah, where a lot of it is like you took too much or you pushed too much and you got some blowback. Like Jack, uh, Stingy Jack, like instead of paying for the drinks with the devil's coin, he kept it with him so that he could like never go to hell. Where it's like, you you know what I mean? He flew too close to the sun, wings burnt up. So I was like, why shy away from it? Okay, so my, my question is, is it a scary story where it's like, do not carve a face into the pumpkin because you can commune with this ne negative ghost or commune with a good ghost and let a spirit of good luck in, you know? Or is it like, be careful if you're going to carve that pumpkin because it's like an Ouija board, a Ouija, I think whatever. I like it being a Ouija board because 
I'm, I'm thinking again about like going the gray man ghost and the fact that the gray man ghost is like ultimately benevolent. Yes. It is ultimately warning you, but I like the idea. I like the, I like what you proposed of be careful when you do this fun, spooky thing, because a lot of times you're going to do it and you're just going to make a fun, spooky pumpkin. But like, if the rain is a certain way, Uh if, if there's a certain fog in the air, you're going to carve that pumpkin and it's going to tell you like danger is like, it's going to whisper portents of danger. And it lets something in. You know, the, the what's it called? Uh, uh, Paranormal Activity. Remember that movie? Yep. Where they're like, you let it into your house? Is it like that? Or is that too close to Paranormal Activity? I think what it is, I think it's similar to that. It's not necessarily letting in a presence. It's letting in ill tidings. Mm, so this is like a true like folk legend myth where it's like, be careful when you carve that pumpkin. Don't do it in the rain because that rain can carry the voices of the dead. I think that the myth around it is like you'll hear is like the pumpkin will whisper to you like house fire. Oh, and no. suddenly like, you know, uh, the wind will blow and you're the candle will knock over and suddenly there's a house. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, totally. Like it whispers bad portents that like the magic of it is that the things that it whispered then happen. Like it, it tells you of the bad things that are going to happen. What if it was say you die a tragic death like you die a sudden death that's the voice that you carry on this pumpkin and like that might repeat in your home or like whatever bad happened to this person is it something like that i like that here's why i like that here's why i love that yeah if i may go of course (laughs) no shut up no no i'm gonna keep going it's this is my i'm just gonna talk into this microphone for 40 more minutes all right you have fun i'm gonna head out okay um (laughs) What it, the thing, what I love about that is that it ties into the idea of the ley lines really nicely, right? Mm-hmm. Quick ley line primer. Here we go. Get yeah. into it. When you die, your essence flows into the ley line, the magical ley lines that run beneath, that run throughout the throughout fantasy. But it is not like your soul, your thoughts, your conscious being. It is that which sort of defines you. It was that your presence, your imprint on the world. If you are killed in a particularly like tragic, calamitous, chaotic wild way what's to say that's not the footprint you leave on the world yeah you said before in a hundred episodes ago wild magic is wild and unpredictable if i die because i like slipped on a banana peel and like tumbled down a spiral staircase and a piano fell on me the pumpkin would be like looney tunes and that i mean yes (laughs) but also like that's gonna overshadow a lot of the things that i did totally completely and i i think so I think the pumpkin is not the best medium for channeling it. Honestly, is something lost in translation? Is it lost in pumpkinlation? You know what I mean? Does it make it? Because is this a kid's story to scare kids, or is this fucking real? Do pumpkins become conduits real. for spirits of the dead? I like I like it being real, and it's just it, it's just like if it's cer- if it rains in a certain way. You know, if the certain energy in the air, then you're going to hear about a person that died. You're going to hear about Big Bone Billy, who joked to death on, like, a chicken bone. Don't know. Because he tried to, like, he tried to do, he saw, he saw a puppet show where they did the thing where they, like, put an entire chicken wing in their mouth and, like, whoop, and, like, pull it out. Pull out the leg, yeah. (laughs) He tried to do that, and it didn't work. So you're going to hear about... You know, you're going to summon Big Bone Billy, who's going to be like, chicken bone. Oof. But it's coming out of a jack-o'-lantern's mouth. Like, imagine a jack-o'-lantern's, like, smile articulating words. 
It's fucking scary. That's fucking scary. And it's like, and I think as long as it's raining, it will just repeat it over and over. And when it and when it says it, like it comes to be, right? Like yeah, like you choke on a fucking food. You're eating dinner. And you're like, Bleh! you're eating your favorite candy, and all of a sudden those Smarties are just going down the old gullet, and you're like, Bleh! fuck. And suddenly there's just chicken, there's just rotting chicken bones everywhere. (laughs) You're smart. It makes like, it just kind of creates, it's not like, it's not like, um, what's that stupid movie franchise, uh, where you die. Final Destination. Final Destination, where all of a sudden it's just like, no items, no items, sudden death. (laughs) Wait, what? Final Destination, no items, sudden death. Fucking three stock me right now. No items. Final destination. My Captain Falcon and his sparkle knee versus your best Falco. You're about to get stomped. You're gonna meteor smash. To hell with that. To hell with that. Bringing Falco. How dare you? How dare you accuse me of being a Falco main? Who do you? Who would you use in melee? I thought we were friends. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I who thought you, that ice climbers. Versus- wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> who did you use wow. in melee? Wait. I was a Ganondorf me. Oh, he's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> that little spin with the sparkle. Oh, Great. fuck, I love Ganondorf. Oh, man. Anyway, sorry. So, Got distracted. <laughs> so it's not the kind of thing where it's like, he says, chicken bone, and all of a sudden you're eating a burger and the pickle slides down your throat. It's like, no, your house is like filled with chicken. You hear like, bark, bark, oh, I think it's both. I think oh, it's just, fuck. I think it's it, it could be calamity. It could be like supernatural terror it's just the ghost of the dead whispering whispering things into reality how okay carving why do people carve pumpkins then because it's a fun thing to do is it an event is it something to have to do with a seasonal thing like it is for us like or is it something to ward things away you know are we going with the irish myth or are we going to make some, not going with it, obviously taking it verbatim, but the idea that it's like some kind of warding talisman, or do we want to go something, like, why are people carving it, and if you, like, accidentally put it out in the rain, it's like, chicken bone. Uh, here's what I want to throw out. Yeah. There's a definite, because here's the thing. There's a value to that, in theory. Okay. Potentially. Like, as a weapon? <laughs> fucking carve it leave it on someone's doorstep well i mean i suppose you could i mean i meant in terms of like if they are warning you of bad things to come oh like there's a power to that you know the gray man the gray man warns you of of a hurricane yeah it's like it's like i carve this pumpkin and i'm like i'm gonna carve this pumpkin i just i need to know i need to know what is coming and it's like (gasps) oh and it's like uh you know bank fees and you're like ah signed with the wrong bank Okay, so if it's not raining, it'll just warn you of, like, an incoming, like, bad thing. Yeah. Magically. If you... Okay. Can I give you a pitch? Yes. The gesture, the act that we know in our world, in America at least, is, like, taking a pumpkin and carving a face into it is something, like, done all the time. Yeah. Perhaps. And, like, a gourd, you know... Yes, in, of course. In a, in a something, in order to, like, tell you the future, tell you... Does it tell you, like, a fun fact? The I news? think it just warns it warns you of the future, right? It's, a, it's okay. a way that you do this. People just do it as a practice to, like, let them know what is to come. Okay, and the actual... Uh, the ritual involved is carving the face, 
you know, and you design it in such a way, you carve it in such a way, you know, that it has the eyes, the mouth, the nose, or like as intricate as you want. And I think it's about placing, it's when you place the candle inside, that's what gives it life. That's what yeah. like ignites it to be. And that I think is like the magic ritual. It's like the candle itself or the fire, the, the light source inside of the jack-o'-lantern is what brings it to give its fortune telling powers. Yes. And also how many times is it once? And then the oh, candle it's definitely blows out. once, and then it just burns. Once the candle burns out, that is just a rotting old pumpkin. Oh, what if it just rots? Yeah, what it just it goes just like, like, bleh, like poltergeist, like implodes. <laughs> like the pumpkin from The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You know the that. one I'm thinking about, right? No, of course I do. <laughs> All right. Um. So, is it something that is done for fun? Because we mentioned children doing. <laughs> I kind of love that it's, I love that there's an aspect of it that is just kind of like, ooh, tell me what's going to happen next week. I'm going to carve this jack-o'-lantern. You do it at like a fucking sleepover. It's just like a thing you do for, some people do it for fun, some people do it as a serious practice, but like. Like a Ouija board. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Some people are like, that shit is like, you know, that's real. For some people, it's something you do when you're popping Dr. Peppers and, uh, you know, sitting around with your best pals and you're doing a Ouija board for fun. You laugh and get scared. Oh, I like this. But if the rain is just right, it like ruined like and everybody I think every kid has that story where it's like, I don't know, I don't I don't feel comfortable with this. Billy, who lives over on the Smith Lane, he carved the pumpkin and put the candle in it, and it, it said donkey, and then like he got kicked in the chest by a donkey that was just in his closet. Um, but yeah, it's something that like everyone has a bad story associated yeah. with. And I like it being kids do it. It's something kids do and adults do, but like it's something that, like, everyone's done at least once as a kid to, like, scare themselves. Yeah. And, like, it's like saying Candyman in the mirror, you know, where it's like, you know, that Bloody Mary thing where it's like, stop, 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 don't do it, don't do it. What if it comes true? What if it comes true? So everybody during the rain has carved a pumpkin at least once in, like, their teen years to, like, see if it's true. But the rain mm-hmm. might not have been just right, like you said. Yeah. That's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. So why why was so wait, so why was Chad Butternut carving pumpkins when he made pumpkin jay? Ah, uh, I mean I can give you an answer. Like I got I no hesi- no hesitation on I had one. a feeling you had an idea and I wanted to throw it back to like cuz that was all my spooky children one. And like I was thinking about pumpkin jay and this episode of course has me thinking about our sweet prince and I was like, "Well, what's his what's his deal?" So, uh, there's two answers. One of them is non-canon, and the other one is canon. Super The ready. first one is, the first one is, uh, he was so terrified because he just saw a bunch of white static monsters chasing after him <laughs> that he <laughs> had to then carve a pumpkin and be like, I gotta know if they're coming for me! And then okay. they said, different podcast. Different podcast. PO1 interstitial. My, my actual answer is, I mean... We've said this about Chad Butternut. Go on. Growing the biggest pumpkin, becoming mayor, was all he ever wanted to do. Yeah. Like, that was his dream. That was his childhood dream. So really, truly, the answer could be he just really needed to know. He needed to know, am I going to win? Like, am I going to grow the biggest pumpkin? Oh, jeez. Okay. Can that gives me a really sad, weird, like mad scientist image of Chad Butternut, and it makes me think because we said that's Pumpkin J, so A through J, I think he carved faces into all of them, put the candle in it, and when nothing spoke, he like put it out on the stoop, you know, like nothing. 
And then Pumpkin J didn't even speak. You know what I mean? And maybe Pumpkin Z was the one that was like, what does it say? Like, you know, locust or like giant, you know. Uh, Can I tell you what I think it said? Oh, fuck yeah. Uh, if we're, if we're going to make this, if we're going to go, if we're going to go to the wall with this, we're going to put my foot on the gas pedal. I want the spooky gas pedal. Give me spooky acceleration. It said Victor. Ooh. Or victory. I love that. And I mean, there's this moment, right? Chad carves and it says victory. And Chad has to sit there for a moment and go, so I win. I win. Wait, I thought it was supposed to tell me bad things. Oh, God. Oh, uh, uh, I hate that. Right? Oh, it's good. God, I hate it so much. It's so good. Pumpkin Z, no. And then Pumpkin Z <laughs> turned to goop right before him. And he's like, fuck my. Well, he doesn't use pumpkin magic. He uses sunlight and water. Well, <laughs> well, well gosh, g'dang. Gosh, g'dang. Oh, kicks it. <laughs> um, <laughs> kicks it and just smears on his shoe. No. Um,. Wow, is there any other? What are there? Are there any other notes you think we need on this pumpkin myth? I think that's it. Because we're only thirty-one minutes in. That's a half hour. A short, I think this is a short one because I think we got there. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm totally comfortable with wrapping there for a quick spooky myth. I mean, we just kind of nailed it in one there. Wait, real quick, a fun one. We haven't done this since like a Christmas episode. How do the cultures celebrate Christmas? I mean, Halloween. <laughs> How does Iron Hill celebrate? Like, because the idea, the, the images I get from Halloween are like candy, costumes, trickery, mischief, disguises, darkness, shadow. You know what I mean? Oh, I mean, Iron Hill's big on pranks. Oh, are they? They're big on pranks. Okay, I dig that. They're fully big on pranks. So they're more of like the mischief night, where if you're yeah. not from New Jersey or whatever, Google what mischief night is, and it's like the worst day ever. Yeah. It's when it's uh, the day before a Halloween everyone's really afraid because you're supposed to go out and like fuck shit up and commit pranks and like egg houses it's horrible it's so scary so that's iron hill where it's like you play pranks on people and like businesses and stuff like that yeah but i, I think they're all really like good natured yeah they're wholesome you know it's a it's a it's a cow pie on a it's a cow pie in a bag on a on a on a, <laughs> on a step Lighting poop on fire, you know, going to putting a whoopee cushion down on like the barber's chair at Big Jeremy's, like stupid pranks, like you know, it's just pranks and mischief. I was gonna, I was looking to see if there's like a D and D background that we could use, and there's not for what prankster. No, for just like the idea of like you know, I don't know. I just wanted to pull them up and just see like if there was anything else we could roll on, and I feel like I've seen enough things that i'm like let's never touch that that i'm gonna comfortably say i think we're good okay so a real quick thing for me yeah um in moon crescent halloween and like fall like this spooky season i think it's more of the uh i think the scary stuff leans in like where you people take ghost tours there's a lot of ghost tours into like the the mistyish mountains of moon crescent and like people take boat tours that are like and under here is a sea monster like everything gets spooky scary yeah i just punched my pop filter so forgive that but um yeah it's like the scary one and geode hmm Oh, can I, I have one? I know, I know, I don't know if we're going over or if anybody cares, but... Aaron, we're at a half hour. <laughs> you're right, you're right. We're so 35 for, minutes. So, Geo, I was thinking about today, I was looking out at the bay, and, like, it was real foggy, and it looked like Silent Hill, and I was thinking about what Geo looks like on the inside, and I was like, Geo kind of reminds me of, like, the Truman Show, 
where like there's a roof to it, but it might look like you're on the bay. Okay. And like that horizon line is like a wall of like a rock wall, but the machine god has like made this place that's like you can't tell it apart from the outside. So like one layer might be like this bay region that's all like manufactured and like created, but you cannot tell the difference. And I think there's a spooky layer, or there's a holiday layer in Geode, where, like, that's where you go if you want to celebrate that holiday. And so, like, there's an area that's, like, basically entering, it's like a LARP. Like, you enter Silent Hill, or you enter, like, the horror movie, and you can, like, live it. It's all safe, but it's all, like, it's like the, uh, the state penitentiary tours, where you go into, like, an immersive, spooky experience. And then there's also, like, apple bobbing. Like, it's a Halloween party with haunted houses and shit. I love that. Um, Purether Guild is, I think they're big on these talking pumpkins. Yeah, Obviously. And what's the last one? Dragon. What do you think? Hmm. This tech, not tech, yeah, this, like, technological flying city does what? When it's spooky season Halloween-y. They, they turn out all of the lights and they have the purge. 12 hours, all crime is legal. I am so <laughs> sick of the fucking purge. I've never seen a single film. I never want to see a single fucking film. I am so sick of this thing. They, oh, my God. I, I think about the purge and go, that's what all my fantasy chill would be if we straight up didn't try. Real talk. Yeah, I love the Purge movies. Wait, what? You've seen them all? I've seen all. Well, I've, I have not seen the first Purge or the Purge TV series, but like the first three are genuinely actually pretty great movies. Aren't they just like chaos? So they're kind of really <laughs> clever. I don't want to sidetrack us too no, much. Please in talking do. about a, a move like they're kind of really clever, like class commentary, because like they really immediately get into the idea that the purge exists exclusively for rich people to prey on the poor. Oh, by, like, it, like, like they very quickly key into like the idea that a, this is a terrible thing. B, it doesn't make a ton of sense. Like there are con- like there's an undercurrent of characters going, what is happening? Why are we doing this? And then also they immediately key into like rich people being like, finally, I get to murder the poor folks. Jesus Christ. They're kind of great. Okay. So all of that is a side note, which is to say cool laser light shows. I was going to say cool. cool. So, oh, this this is perfect. What I have. Um, I'm thinking uh, like block parties. Like that's when it's block party season. They're like everybody down there is doing spooky stuff. That's when it's like they throw bangers on rooftops and stuff and there's fireworks and laser shows and everybody cooks and barbecues and stuff. Where it's like fall barbecues and fall cookouts and laser shows in the clouds. Yeah, oh, no, that sounds great. I fuck with that. And listener, which one would you choose? Answer in the comments section below. Don't forget to like and subscribe and click those bells. But for real, if tell us which one you'd like the most to participate in. Um, and is that it? That's a wrap. That's Damn, a, that's wrap. a wrap on what are we going to even call this one? Uh, this is of course the the legend of the. Hold on, I'm gonna come up. I, I mean, it might just be called the myth of the jack. Now that's too good. It's a thing from our world. Hold yeah, on, that's the problem. I kept thinking of like, what is it? If it's not a Jack O' Lantern from Stingy Jack, it's a the whis. It's the whispering, the whispering pumpkin. Oh my. So that's what they're called. They're not called jack-o'-lanterns. They're called whispering pumpkins? Yeah. Fuck. Or whisper gourds. See, that is my shit. Wisp- yeah, it's, they're a whisper gourd. It's like a will-o'-the-wisp. I like this. Yep. I, I fuck with that. Done. Whisper gourds. Got there. Fuck, we did it. Um, thank you so much, Ink Oculi, for your amazing prompt. 
Um, check out Ink Oculi's Twitter page at Ink Oculi, and then find links to their, their commission page. And then while you're at it, give them some money, find commission some amazing art, and also check out their incredible work at the One Shot uh, Network T Public page and buy all that stuff. You can link on our website as well. They're amazing. You should hire them to do everything for you because they are unstoppable, amazing, and all infinitely talented. It defies logic. They're very good. Um, and if you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for use in our show. There's so many ways to do it. You can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. You can go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord and post them to our discord channel. Or you can go to all my fantasy children.com. Yeah, go there right now and see how cool our website is. Looks amazing. All the art is by Inkoculi. Um, and while you're online, there's another podcast, another website you should be checking out. That's very fancy. There sure is. It's called imdb.com. <laughs> it's called Miniclip. <laughs> it's called Candy Stand. <laughs> uh, it's partyofonepodcast.com because Party of it One is? is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences. Every week I sit down with a friend, we play a two-player game, we share some laughs, a few tears, and we have a really good time. New episodes drop Tuesdays at partyofonepodcast.com. Um, All My Fantasy Children is proud to be a part of the One Shot Podcast Network. Be sure to check out all the other amazing content on the network, like um, Iron Hides, Arms of the Pod, Modifier, uh, Backstory, all amazing shows, lots They're of amazing good. things. They're all very good. Yeah, check it all out. Um, a fun shout-out that we need to do is our friend of the show, and just friend, Taylor Bresh at Leviathan Files, has made an All My Fantasy Children game jam. This is true. It's a game jam for character creation tools and writing resources and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, all the stuff that we do in the show, like tables and things like that. Um, you can find that on Itch. Um, I don't have a link, but you'll find it. I'll, I'll tag it in the episode. But anyway, yeah, there's a game jam going on. So if you've ever wanted to create like a character creation tool or tables or something, submit it. You know, I'm probably going to be buying most of them and using them on the show. But yeah, definitely check it out. So an amazing game jam if you're a game designer, if you always wanted to be do it up. I'm probably going to submit some stupid tables. Cool. Um, verbal hug this week. Uh, verbal hug this week is just, you know, do your best. That's not always going to, you know, do your best. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to be 110%. Do your best. And that's, that's you know, all you can do. It's It sounds cheesy, corny to say, but like, you know, that's, that's all you can reasonably do and all you can expect. So just be, you know, be happy having given it a hundred percent give it what you've got at this moment and you know at the end of the day like as long as you've done that you you can't look back with any sort of regret because you you threw you threw what you had at it and sometimes that's that's all you can do sometimes that's all you need to do that's fucking very true jesus christ um mine would be that fantasy and fun and discovery and fiction writing and inspiration can literally be found anywhere open your eyes and really look at things and, you know, to ask yourself how this makes you feel. What's the first thing that comes to mind? Or twist your perspective on it. I was watching uh, cranes in the marshlands today hunting. And I was like, that looks like War of the Worlds. It looks like the giant the Tom Cruise robots, like, pecking and eating the, the tiny minnows and stuff. And I was like, what a horrifying scene that I'm witnessing if you twist perspective. And then I was like, maybe we'll talk about that on this episode. And I was like, no, let's just stick to pumpkins. But, like, it's everywhere. Open your eyes and look around and enjoy things. You know, carry your notebook, jot things down. Even if you think it's stupid, it might be you know, something that someone else really enjoys or that you really love and just feel free to 
to let yourself indulge in that imagination and really sink your teeth in it and really escape into a world of your own making and see see what you're capable of. I challenge you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's all we do on this and show. That's it. <laughs> so until next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game. From Worlds Beyond to After the Closing Music with Aaron. Hey, everybody. Um, You've all been knowing I've been doing these post-audio extras, but this week I want to lean into this folklore thing, and I have these notebooks full of lore that have never made it to the episode, so I wanted to share a really cool folklore thing uh, and notes about Moon Crescent that I thought about on the train. This is from NJ Transit Ride from Mom's House. Yes, we all know that ferries in Moon Crescent are the glamorous form of transportation throughout the archipelago, carrying passengers and tourists and taking in the sights and the sea spray. But did you know that the main form of transportation in Moon Crescent is trains? Yes, trains run all throughout the region, stopping in hundreds of towns and rural areas. Tracks run over rivers, lakes, seas. You're always just a train ride away, and Moon Crescent is plastered all over the place. Um, and a fun detail I wanted to write about the train is there is no train whistle like the, but there is an enormous wind chime on the front of the train that catches the ocean wind and, you know, ring-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling-a-lings to let people know it's coming. Okay, so next is plant life in Moon Crescent. Well, the mountains of Moon Crescent, the, uh, the, the, the rural mountain region. It's inspired by, like, the Hibaro people of Puerto Rico. Anyway. The mountains are unique. Uh, The moonlight is so strong because it's up higher and it's closer to the moon that rather than green, uh, plants absorb all colors of light except silver, like a hue of silver. And so they give that color off. And so their leaves are silver and metallic and the forests shine like enormous bags of coins. So when the leaves fall, the forested areas gather them up and create beautiful arrangements in large cloth sacks. Designs are created within the piles of leaves and are shown off in front of homes for passerbys to enjoy. Walking the forested regions and towns when the metallic leaves fall is therefore a popular event for people from all over the world. Legend has it, the tradition began when an elf from the main city, city folken, first saw the mountain's metal leaves. They had dollar signs in their eyes and gathered up as many fallen leaves as they could. They filled sack after sack, greedily hoarding their newfound riches, in air quotes, because it's just leaves. They thought, I'll leave these behind, and on my way back out, I'll pick them up. But the city elf was never satisfied. They kept pushing and pushing and looking for larger trees with larger leaves, until they wandered too far off and could not remember where they left all of their bags. They sadly became lost in the woods, and are still wandering the misty, metallic forests of the mountains to this day. But yeah, that's why the mountain folk create these beautiful displays, to honor this city elf who got a little greedy, wandered off, but now they safely display the glory of the mountainous region to anyone who cares to come by, so that the city folk don't have to wander out into the wood. You can just come look at everyone's lawn. But yeah... Thanks, everybody, for hanging out, listening, and uh, until next time, this has been Tales from Aaron's Notebook. Thanks for listening to these audio extras. Bye.